0: Hello, welcome back to the pay active podcast. My name is Eric Rosenberg, and this is our second ever episode in a continuation of our two part series for black history month, where we look at financial challenges facing black and brown Americans today. For our second episode, we invite on my longtime friend, Michelle Jackson from Michelle is Money Hungry. That's a podcast and blog where you can learn all about personal finance and building your income. Let's jump into the conversation with Michelle so we can hear her insights and thoughts on how to turn around the financial situation facing many Americans of color today. Okay, everyone. Now we are here with my very good friend, Michelle. We have done a few podcast recordings together over the years. So I'm I'm glad to be back on the mic with you. And Michelle is a money expert and has a wealth of knowledge on this topic. So Michelle, could you tell everyone a little bit about your website and your podcast and how you got going into the online money world?
1: Um, So first, thank you so much, Eric, for having me on the show. I actually like to say that I am not a financial expert, but that I'm an expert at holding financial conversations. I run a website and podcast called Michelle is Money Hungry. It's an award winning -winning show. I've done a lot of work around uh, personal finance, equity, and weirdly enough, pop culture events that that, um, generate conversations around money. I got into this space because I found myself having a couple of things come together and happen. One, I just felt like I wasn't getting ahead with my money, and I was really frustrated because it felt like I was the only person struggling with these issues. But then I also had something happen that really impacted me and um, highlighted the fact that I wasn't the only person dealing with this situation, which was... My mom lost her job this is years ago, but at the time it was a big deal. I was in graduate school. I was working Starbucks at, at Starbucks part-time and I ended up having to support both of us on Starbucks money and student loans and it was a really stressful, eye-opening experience. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about other people in my world. I learned about um, the fact that more than 51% of African American women will, uh, at one point in time or another, find themselves as financial caregivers for either a friend or a family member. So I wasn't alone in having this experience, but it felt like I was because at the time, this was like, uh, not at this point in time. So this was at a point in time where we weren't always online talking about uh, financial conversations and and things that were happening to us. So it just was a really lonely experience. And so years later, after that had um, passed, I still hadn't rebounded financially. I was still having a lot of problems with money. I still had a financial impact from from that moment in time. And I fell in love with personal finance blogs and um the rest was history so yeah that that is the short and quick of it
0: just finished a conversation with Wilson who is a man of color you're a woman of color so you probably have some unique views and insights into challenges that people of color face every day in, in the economy so in your perspective you've had a lot of financial conversations what do you see as the biggest challenges people of, you know, all, all people of color are facing in the economy, not just women?
1: I mean, this is a really broad question. I actually think that this is a policy issue that impacts all Americans. So an example of this would be, um, what is our policy for medical leave? Um, what's our policy for vacation time? Things like that. So there's a lot of policy that could uh, financial policy that could really be helpful to people of color um, so that they, and, and all other Americans, quite frankly, so that we aren't in the position of making choices that would hurt our, wa- our wallet. Here's an example of that. In other countries, there is an actual mandated federal level um, designation on how many days off you can have a year. You don't have to make a determination as to whether or not you should go to work sick or not. Like, that's just not something that exists in a lot of other Western countries, in particular, including our neighbors, our neighbor to the north, like Canada, or some of our favorite countries that we like to visit overseas, like France and the UK. And these, and France and the UK in particular, are countries that are similar in terms of demographics, very diverse populations. They may not be as large as the U.S., but they're similar in a lot of ways. And I've lived in France before. I was amazed to see how people were able to make decisions that were healthy for them and that didn't negatively impact their wallet. So an example of this is if you're sick, you can just stay home and get better versus going to work Sick, you don't lose your pay, Um, and so there's just a lot of policy that I think could help all Americans regardless of color, but that really impact negatively people of color depending on the type of work that they do. And we saw that at the beginning of the pandemic, where a lot of people were working front-facing jobs, they were working in restaurants or uh, in the event industry, things like that, and they they really struggled. Um, because everything shut down. And and that was a huge problem.
0: Yeah, that this reminds me of actual a story that I encountered. I worked in a restaurant for a short while. And I remember one time I had a coworker. She was a single mom, a Latina woman. And she came in with a cold. And she was like, I don't feel good. I wish I could just be in bed. I said, well, why don't you go home and get in bed and feel better? She's like, I need the money. I need to be here. I need to work the shift. So... That's, uh, that was before COVID, so it's a, it's a real thing. I'm sure, I know people make that decision every day. So if, if you were in the shoes of a, of a household, let's say you are a, a single mom out there, a single mom of color with, with a couple of kids, and you're struggling with finances, what advice would you have to that, to that household to uh, maybe try to improve their financial situation?
1: So, I want to first say that you are seen and that I see how hard you're working. I think a lot of people really don't understand how hard it is to be a single parent, to navigate childcare needs and your um, just like the necessities that you need as well, and wants, and all that kind, all those kinds of things. Um, but first and foremost, I would say find a community of people. And nowadays it's really cool because you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Twitter. Find a community of people who believe in the financial vision that you have for yourself. So if you are um, believing and wanting and, and dreaming towards a really um, uh, financially healthy life, but perhaps the people around you are like, talking down your vision, let them talk down your vision because you've found a group of people somewhere else who, who 100% unequivocally believe in what you're trying to do. So I, I would say initially find a community of people who believe in what you're trying to do. Start looking for resources that will help stretch your dollar and give you access to the things that you want. Examples of that, and, and before I speak further, my parents divorced when I was young. My mom raised me as a single parent, um, and the, these were some of the things that she did that really impacted my life in a positive way. Any scholarship or grant uh, that she saw that was available for camps, for childcare, for education, excuse me, for education, for any kind of program she always applied for those uh, scholarships and grants for a private school, anything out there she signed up for. And it is amazing to me all of the um, programs that I was able to participate in because my mom put my, na- my name down on the list because she filled out the application. So always be filling out those applications, that cross your path because you would be shocked at how few people are actually filling out those scholarship applications, those grants. So definitely look, be on the lookout for those programs. And sometimes it's not obvious. So say, for example, you've got uh, little girls. It's Girl Scout season as we speak right now. And you'd like them to participate in, in um, sleepaway camp during, during the summer. Reach out to Girl Scout. Uh, the Girl Scouts and ask them what are the what are the scholarship programs that you have available for this, and they will provide that information. Maybe there's a local camp. I went to. I'm in Colorado. I went to Camp Chief Ure in Winter Park, Colorado. I went for free. I I got a scholarship for the entire summer, eight weeks. So start reaching out now if you're if you're listening to this in early spring, um, but. There are a lot of resources out there for you. Take them, apply for them, seek them out, and, and say yes to that. The next thing I would do is be very intentional about how you raise your compensation and your overall wage. I think that a lot of times people will feel compelled to stay somewhere because they, they like their coworkers, but your coworkers can't pay your rent. They can't. So, when you're looking to change jobs, change careers, you have to lead with your needs first. And when you change your job, that's when you build in your raise. So, no one is saying that you have to change a job and have it be a similar wage to the one before. You can build in significant income by thoughtfully changing your jobs. So, don't be uh don't become complacent in the roles that you're in. Um right now is a great time to change jobs. Be thoughtful about how you do it. Don't don't like quit and not have something lined up. <laughs> Always have something lined up. Um uh, but build in 12, 15, 20, 30% raises because you've left a career or left a job that you it's run its course and it's time for something new. It's nothing personal. If people our friends at your old career, at your old job, you'll you'll still hang out with them later. But if they're not, it's okay. You, you've got more money.
0: It's great advice. Those are all really, really good and important insights. So let's turn the tables a little rather than talking to the, the families and the households who are having financial struggles. I know there are some uh, corporate executives out there listening from HR and, and the C-suite. So if you were going to Give some advice to those leaders on what they could do to help their financially underserved employees better thrive and succeed. What would you say to them?
1: Costco. (laughs) So you're probably thinking, why did she bring up Costco? And I'm pretty sure it's Costco. Costco has one of the happiest communities of workers, I think, in the nation. Their retention rates are high. People have really good investment vehicles made available to them and they pay people well. People are happy to go to work there. You can create a business where you treat people well, you pay them well, you provide resources like health insurance and vacation time and the ability to invest for retirement and people will still work for you. Not everyone wants to work in tech. Right? Not everyone wants to work from home. A lot of people are perfectly happy and really fulfilled working with people. In another lifetime, I would love to own a coffee shop. I love coffee shops. I love talking to people. I love the face to face. But if I owned a coffee shop um, and I employed people, there's just a minimum I have to pay them so that they're happy too and they can geek out with me about coffee. So, when you're and, and in fact in uh, the city of Denver where I'm from, there's a coffee shop that's known for for raising all of the uh, baristas' wages to a livable wage, fifty thousand dollars, and they've done very well. They've been thriving, even after COVID. So I think that there's some assumptions that people make about um, how you can't you can't have a happy and thriving business and happy and thriving uh workers and that's just not that's just not true you it's just not true so what i would say is you can build the company that you want to work for you can advocate for people who are your employee you can have wage transparency that isn't like a problem so i'm in colorado if I were to look for jobs right now, I'm going to be penalized because Colorado passed a law saying, hey, we would just like for you to share a range of what the wage is so that people are negotiating in good faith, right? Um, and now Coloradans are, being, um, are dealing with a problem. We, we weren't even aware of this law until people started bringing up the fact that we were being told we couldn't apply for jobs. And so just don't be that guy, be transparent, be helpful, be happy to bring people on board. We are not, this is not 1600, okay? This is not feudal England. Uh, Capitalism still will, will keep on trekking. You still can make money keeping people happy. And so I, again, I will say Costco.
0: Well, that's a great example. Well, thank you so so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I'm so excited that you were here and, and able to spend a little time during Black History Month. Could you give us a little um insight on where we could find you if someone wants to connect or learn more?
1: Um, thank you guys. Thank you again, Eric, for having me on the show. And uh, hopefully the comments made sense. You can find me on my website and podcast, Michelle is money hungry. I have that name so that it can make you Feel okay about wanting more money in your life, not to be greedy, but because you want to do good for yourself, invest for the future, help other people out. Um, I'm also on Twitter quite a bit, actually, so you can find me on Twitter at Mitch, M-I-C-H, loves money. So, uh, again, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. You too. I'm so happy we had the time to chat with both Wilson and Michelle about the financial challenges facing the Black community in America today. At PayActive, our data shows that we disproportionately reach minority communities, including the Black community and Latino community. That is a statistic we are proud of as we work to help everyone live the life you've earned. Be sure to tune back in next time. And if you want to learn more about PayActive, head to payactive.com or download the PayActive app from the Google Play or Apple App Store. Thanks so much for listening to the end today. Have a great rest of your week and now go forward and live the life you've earned.